Hey, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. We have a very fun episode for you. Ashley from the prolific Twitter account, Ash Talks Batch, as well as her Instagram account and her newsletter is here. And we're talking all about the royal family, of course, Bachelor Nation, and Kim and Kanye, because I cannot keep their names out of my mouth. But first, I wanted to update you on a few stories that we recently covered on RTBP where there's been some new developments. So let's get into it. The first one we covered on episode 69 with Taylor. Penelope Disick has posted her first sponsored TikTok post and... I don't know. I feel like we were talking about when she first got her TikTok account. Like, when were the Kardashians going to start making money off of it instead of it just being like, you know, a fun creative outlet for their kids? And the answer is uh, January like 25th or whatever. She posted a video. It was like very in line with her other content where she was just kind of like showing slash like putting a little bit of like you know body wash or like product on her hand and like showing the camera which like tbh is kind of a waste but it was very pee there was a scott disick like little cameo at the end but all of the products were from this company which i'm not gonna name the company obviously because as they would say on keeping records no free clout for the girlies but i was really curious about you know like the impact of this because obviously it's like okay we could just take it for face value it's still just a child showing off some like shower products but of course my brain is like what's the deeper meaning and I just thought it was really interesting because TikTok is obviously an app skewed to teenagers and then just how difficult it is nowadays to spot an ad like the first time I watched it I didn't even notice that it was an ad because obviously it's not the classic ad anymore like hey this product is like great you can buy it here like it's just not that a traditional way of advertising it was again just music and her showing off her shower products but I was just thinking like I feel like I'm decently media literate and it took me a second but I was just thinking about all of the younger kids and teens that are watching this content who I don't know just might not notice so if you have like further thoughts on that or if that's like a topic of interest to you just let me know and we can talk more about that the next story that I want to talk about is from episode 70. Breezy and I talked about the rumored cast of Celebrity Big Brother and oh boy was this a doozy. So <laughs> the cast was released today and it is literally no one who we thought it was. Again, another Scott Disick reference on this godforsaken podcast, but we thought that maybe Scott was going to be on there, Lisa Rinna, Boston Rob, Tiffany Pollard, Jack. Taylor like a bunch of icons and then <laughs> the real cast comes out and I have written down five names of people I recognize I think it's a cast of 12 so I'm gonna go through them now the first one is Todrick Hall which he's a choreographer videographer youtuber famously he I think choreographed Taylor Swift's look what you made me do music video I think he also was in it and he has lots of fun content on his YouTube channel his remake of uh the Brandy version of Cinderella is really really great (laughs) but I'm excited for him to play Big Brother because of course there's live feeds and I wonder if he's gonna spill any Taylor tea I will be not watching because I'm 
not, I'm not a live feeder, but I do like keeping up on Twitter. So I'll be doing that. And then also he just uh, hangs out and is friends with the cookout, which on the most recent season of Big Brother was the main alliance. And like they were all excellent players. So maybe he picked up a few tips from them. The second person I wanted to talk about was Lamar Odom, which (laughs) obviously is Chloe's ex-husband. I believe he's like sober now. Um, Hopefully he's doing well. He's no stranger to reality TV. He was on Chloe and Lamar. Yeah, I'm just excited to see him play. I have absolutely no hopes for like his like strategic game. And I don't even find him that entertaining. (laughs) But I don't know, just happy that I recognize someone on this cast. The third person is Shanna Mokler. I still don't know if it's Shanna or Shauna, even though I talk about her (laughs) frequently on this podcast. She's Travis Barker ex-wife obviously I'm just excited because she is like explosive television she is not afraid to like talk shit on Twitter so I like cannot wait to see what she says in the house obviously the Lamar and Shanna like two degrees of separation with the Kardashians is going to be so interesting so I just wonder if both of them are gonna like speak about the Kardashians get a couple headlines and then the next person is Carson from the original Queer Eye I think he'll be good tv he's like fun i think honestly he might do pretty well he's pretty sociable and he seems like just like a fun hang and people on big brother that are fun hangs definitely stick around for the long term and then there is chris kirkpatrick which is like it's so sad that i have to explain this is a member of NSYNC and let me just say he did not age well like he kept the same hair and the same like goatee as he did in the 90s and like this is coming from a person who was also kept the same haircut for fucking like 15 years but it's just not a good look like I think the goatee was popular in the 90s but like it has not been popular since but he's like still rocking it and just like the super like fake dyed black hair just not great but maybe we'll get you know some stories from the good old days when he was like on tour with Justin Timberlake and all of those other people that were in in sync. And then from today's episode, we talk about Kim and Kanye, but something else happened that was like really interesting because it's from like a little bit of like Kim Kardashian's, I want to say villain origin story because I don't know, maybe we see her as a villain, but apparently on the night of her SNL appearance, Kanye met Ray J who Kim infamously has a sex tape with which again was like kind of her claim to fame in the early days and met him at an airport to retrieve a laptop because there was a rumor of a second sex tape or like more like unreleased footage from their sex tape which was filmed in Mexico. Kanye was doing an interview and said he like met Ray J at JFK airport to retrieve it for Kim and then it turns out that the footage was just from like clubbing and from the plane ride like this is so weird obviously because it's like a don't they have an assistant who could run this errand for them but then also like why is Kanye talking about it in an interview and then Kim's publicist came out with a statement and said like yeah that like actually did happen so 
just bizarre stuff all around but I don't know let me know what you think about that is is there a second sex tape why is Kanye going to the airport why now like why is Ray J (laughs) coming out with this information now when again Kim's been famous for like many many years And then the last thing I want to say is I was on the Bachelor Rehap Up on Rob Has a Podcast talking about episode three of Clayton's season of The Bachelor. It was a really fun episode. I got to talk a little bit about how The Bachelor Rehap Up was the first podcast that I ever listened to. So it was kind of a full circle moment to be a guest on that podcast because you could kind of say that, hey, and Amy are (laughs) why I'm here talking to you right now. So go check that out if you are keeping up with the Bachelor season. Very last thing I want to mention before we get to today's episode, I've been doing some episode temp checks on Instagram where I post questions about the episode um, and the topics that we cover to get the community's opinion on what's up. And it's been so much fun talking to you all. So if you're listening right now, go go head to at RTBB podcast on Instagram, weigh in on all the topics Ashley and I are going to dive into. Anyways, (laughs) this was a long intro, but it's time to get to the episode. Here is my conversation with Ashley. I'm back with a very special guest, Ashley from Ash Talks Batch, a Bachelor commentator, newsletter writer, Mm -hmm. tweeter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. I had a snow day, so I got a day off work. So I'm feeling refreshed for the first time ever. Nice. I've had one snow day this year, even though I work from home. So it was, it was, (laughs) it was a hard, hard sell, I guess. (laughs) I did have a snow day. They are the best, honestly. They don't happen often in Canada because I feel like, you know, you just have to trek through it. (laughs) But but we've had one this year and it was really nice. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. How did you start writing about The Bachelor? Well, I started watching it with one of my friends as a way to keep in touch when I moved. So like we had a ritual like every, we still do. Every Monday we watch the show and talk to each other. And then I felt like I kept saying, her too many messages so (laughs) I made a Twitter account and then from there like things just started happening with the show that I thought were interesting and I wanted to write about it so I just started a newsletter didn't really know what I was going to do at first I didn't really see that many people writing newsletters so I was like it'll be a good thing that because as you know the bachelor world Instagram and Twitter is just oversaturated so I wanted to do something different and um whenever things happen that I think are interesting enough and like worthwhile to have something to say is usually when I write. So it's not as consistent as I want to be, but I don't want to put out things that I don't feel passionate about. Nice. And what was your first season? Um, My first full season was Rachel Lindsay for The Bachelorette because, you know, before that, there weren't that many Black people on the show. Didn't make it very far. So I wasn't really interested until her season. And then I kind of kept going from there. Nice, nice. Yeah, her season, I feel like, was a big turning point for The Bachelor. And then now, now I'm looking at Clayton's season. I'm like, ugh, was it? <laughs> like, yeah, it feels so, like, 2012 in, like, the worst way possible. It just feels outdated <laughs> already. That's so true. So are you watching Clayton's season? I 
did decide to watch it, but I understand people who didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not like watching it with the same fervor that I have other seasons. And I'm definitely like going to listen to all the podcasts and looking at all their social medias and things like that. I'm just, if it's on, I'm there, but I'm not really invested. Yeah, that's super fair. I feel like everyone on the podcast is like, fuck, shut up, because we've heard this a thousand times. But the last full season I watched was Becca Kufrin season. Okay. But I'm like still so in the Bachelor Nation world, mm-hmm. which is toxic. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I, how can I follow these people? Even yet, I haven't watched a full season for like five years. <laughs> well, I think a lot of being in Bachelor Nation is beyond just watching the episodes. Yeah. I think the whole Twitter interactions and Instagram, like their whole and reddit their whole communities that exist outside of the show that like work even if you don't watch it like you can still keep up with everything that way yeah and i just wish that it was like a different tv show or something yeah yeah like i will say like it's wild how it's just created itself and you're right like how people can be so into everything beyond the tv show that Mm -hmm. i'm just like i wish i had that for my podcast or like i wish i had that for like i don't know something else but nonetheless it's the bachelor i am gonna be on a bachelor recap podcast this coming week so i have for the first time in five years watched the first two episodes and i'll watch the third one and then i'm probably tapping out from there (laughs) but you're totally right the vibes are just Mm -hmm. so 2012 Mm -hmm. like i felt transported to another time yeah absolutely (laughs) it feels done before like we've already seen not him as the bachelor but we've already seen a season that'll be similar to this the girls are like the villain things that they're doing is outdated and like we've just seen it before i know that the whole purpose of the show is formulaic like i get it but this just feels especially formulaic and not really interesting but i mean it's only been two episodes so i can't really speak to what the whole season will be like but so far yeah just even like being back at the bachelor mansion um the lead the new host like it just it really like takes you back to like yeah i feel like the beginning era of the bachelor so and just to see where they go next i wanted to ask you about the trailer or like the promo for like the season as a whole Mm -hmm. clayton says that he's in love with three people and then Mm -hmm. he like declares that he's been intimate with he uses the words like both of you so it seems Mm -hmm. like both would indicate two Mm -hmm. what do you think is up with that like is that just like again to like each bachelor kind of has to have their thing to make their season interesting um or like that big moment like mm-hmm. the fence jump or the whatever do you think that that's what that is or like it seems wild and we see him in the promo telling three different girls who they are we don't know per se right but we see the words coming out like I'm in love with you three times, which is, I don't know. What do you make of that? I think it must not be the most interesting thing that happens in a season because there's no way that they would give away something like that big without us knowing the whole story. So either like that's only the tip of the iceberg or there's something underneath there or they're just like, you know, people are so hesitant to watch Clayton, like we better give them what's really good to get them interested and hooked in. I think, you know, he's probably not the only bachelor who's been intimate with multiple women. Maybe it was outside of fantasy suites. Maybe that's why it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's probably like his fence jumps or like the Peter Weber and the windmill four times, whatever. <laughs> Just something to get sensationalized to get views. And probably when we actually watch it, it won't even be that interesting or 
You know, it could be because I will say that the Finch Dump really did deliver. Like, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. I was like, no way it's that good. And then it really was. So. Yeah, yeah. I know, because I was like, this was teased for, like, literally 40 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. But it was. I think the only thing that kind of bothers me about what Clayton did is, like, if he had consent to reveal that to everyone. Like, I don't know if every girl wanted their business out there like that. That is such a good point. Like, that's not just your information to tell. Right. And especially, it seems, again, we don't know for sure, but it seems like it was at, like, a rose ceremony. Mm -hmm. and he's standing at the front obviously holding all of the power in this situation the girls Mm -hmm. are you know where they stand for the roses and yeah to make like a declaration like that and I am assuming he doesn't have their consent because it needs to be a big moment with a big reaction right I feel like is so gross Mm-hmm. first but just like maybe set up for for tv like i feel like those are the type of moments that people wouldn't like necessarily do without mm-hmm. production pushing them in that direction like oh you really right. need to tell the girls that you slept with both of them right um, now's your time <laughs> like like and these shows are so unnatural and the fact that they really are in multiple relationships at the same time so like it could have been the appropriate step for multiple relationships at the same time but when you're doing that then you look like a manipulator a cheater and all these other things when it's like how the show is supposed to work so I am just interested to see like what that conversation will be like when it does happen and how people are going to address like Clayton's behavior versus like the women and Like if there'll be a less of a stigma attached to him having multiple partners versus, you know, when a bachelorette had multiple partners and different things like that. So yeah. I am kind of interested to see what the conversation will be like. Me too. Yeah, you're right about like the stigma against the men versus the women. And then like the other thing that I think about is like a lot of the leads, the advice that they get is like treat every relationship like it's individual and separate because Mm -hmm. you're dating multiple people. That's like I don't want to say not traditional because obviously lots of people date multiple people at the same time Um, Mm -hmm. but like for these people it's out of the norm and when you treat relationships separate like they're they are separate entities yeah you're right when the time comes and you get alone time like that's probably the natural progression and like in my head I'm like that's logical and I'm okay with that and then when I think about me being a contestant and hearing that I'm like I would lose my mind yeah yeah like I know at some point every season me and my friend Jessica text and be like they do they understand how the show works yes and like you do like they know what the show is but like actually experiencing it people forget all the time like that's part of how the show is built that's the reason that they get ratings that's the drama that they concoct yeah that's so true because I feel like that is like the thing that the audience always says like oh nowadays like this show's been on for 20 years like you should know what it's like and stuff and I'm like after like six weeks of not having your phone just being so involved in something I'm like all of that goes completely out the door like I think about when I go on like vacation for like a week and you're just like not connecting with like your home life as much and stuff I'm like you're an entirely different person (laughs) so I'm I'm like like the I just feel like that that is yeah yeah. and you're right like it's it's set up for people to have meltdowns and stuff Mm -hmm. so that's what we all like watch for so yeah it's just gonna be interesting I will say that the teaser did get me it does every 
like yeah. every season but like i don't think i'll continuously watch i have such a hard time watching it even watching these three episodes mm-hmm. to be able to recap it i'm like the length and the pace is just something yes. i can't do anymore yes like, yes i don't know if it's me just like having like a tiktok brain and <laughs> like just not being able to like pay attention for mm-hmm. that long over something that seems slow like all the yeah. conversation seems so slow to me mm-hmm. and like i don't know if that's a bad thing about me or just like the show but i just well, I, I can't do it <laughs> i think the show kind of hasn't adapted because like i watch a lot of reality television so i just watched the season three of too hot to handle mm-hmm. it's only like 10 episodes maybe and they're 37 minutes 48 minutes and then my friend and i were talking about going back and watching some old love island episodes and even though they have like 50 it's still like one hour episodes. So I think, you know, two hours a night with The Bachelor, with some of it not really even being necessary. Um, They're telling, they spend too much time on some people, not enough time on others. And like, I don't need a 15 minute date with Susie and Clayton. Like they have a connection. <laughs> Let's yes. forward that was so uh, annoying <laughs> yeah so I do think the show because I think we all complain about it with Bachelor in Paradise too like I think you know we want Bachelor content but I don't know if the two-hour format still is what we need today like an hour could be fun even an hour and a half but yeah they could trim it absolutely yeah so the most recent episode while we're recording was the Hillary Duff and Z-Way episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like on the Hillary Duff date they talked about the kids like a thousand times I'm like we could have cut 10 minutes here <laughs> like, easily easily and just cut all of Cassidy but yes yes oh my gosh I know she again is just like she takes a page out of like classic bachelor villain like mm-hmm. like who is this corinne like from mm-hmm. nick vile's season and she very much like says things that are like competition based like yes first group date rose and like the way she was speaking sounded more like she was trying to fit within the confines of the show and not like genuinely pursue clayton which, you know, that's her right, I guess. But yes, okay, that's not I, doing it well. No, no, that I think probably was the most interesting part about these two episodes is just the way that she is talking about it. Like, she was talking to another girl who hadn't been on a date yet. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, just follow like what I do. I'll like teach you and stuff. And I'm like, you are really talking. This is some kind of game do you watch Mm -hmm. or listen to um game of roses i do listen to game of roses and i did order the book but i don't think it's gotten here yet or i haven't checked my mail (laughs) so who knows (laughs) yeah i do listen to game of roses but so i think she does have like strategic gameplay but it's not impactful or effective because she's not really i mean i guess clayton was interested in her obviously but she doesn't really i don't know i don't think she plays the game well like she's not an interesting villain she's just checking all the boxes but she's not interesting i think this will probably be her last episode coming up i'm pretty sure yeah she's definitely one of those like first half season characters that it's like wow you dominated our screen but then you're gone in week three and we'll never hear from you again maybe on paradise i can see her and shanae both being on paradise because they love to reward that kind of behavior. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah, I don't think Clayton actually likes her. I think he just likes to make out with her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she I- like jumps on him. So, <laughs> like-, <laughs> yes. like, like, it's just, I feel like he's like, yeah, I would def sleep with you, but like, I don't like care about right. you. <laughs> like, right. as a person. 
I think that is absolutely true. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, one more thing and then we can move on. <laughs> but okay. I, I, I'm like, this is the thing. I'm like, I'm wrapped up in Bachelor World again. Like, how did I get here? But Hillary Duff and Z-Way, mm-hmm. huge scores for The Bachelor. How did I they agree. do that? I think Hillary Duff, now that I know she was promoting the How I Met Your Father, that makes sense to me, which the first two episodes of that were pretty good. I think it'll be a good show. Yes, yeah. I'm going to watch for sure. I think Z-Way was a good get too. I think they underutilized her because like what we know of her and how cutting and like interesting her interviews are and how like to the point she gets I feel like she kind of was went easy on them or either like they didn't show like everything that really happened but I was hoping for her to get a little bit more into Shanae because I didn't like how you know she donned this fake black I'm gonna be Shanae I'm gonna be sassy like you have to be a black woman to express yourself or be yourself I just didn't like the whole the whole connotation of Shanae is an outdated negative stereotype so for her to use that name didn't really sit well with me but I think Z-Way just kind of embarrassed her, which yes, instead of like, yes. <laughs> instead of like you know, getting in her, she just kind of embarrassed her, which she did look stupid. So yeah, like it was embarrassing to watch, but I don't think she felt embarrassed. No, I don't think she realized what was happening, which yeah. made it funnier. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point about her like donning a new persona. It was like almost like she was like, I feel empowered or like I feel powerful Mm -hmm. and like I'm coming out of my like shell do you want to like speak to that a little bit I think it's offensive for her like I said to pretend to be a black woman to feel empowered and I don't really think a lot of people who are bachelor commentators really got how offensive that actually was yeah like I um, did listen to love to see it and Claire was talking about it I was like she's literally the only white person that I've heard say something about how this could be problematic and um I think sometimes when things like that happen if people really aren't aware they think it's harmless but I won't say that Shanae is not aware I don't know but I think also she knows what she's doing. And the show emphasized it too. And I just felt like it was something that people were like, oh, this is like fun and light, but it was actually pretty gross. And yeah. so I wish more people would have been upset about it. But other than Claire, like, and other Black women that I see commentate on the show, I didn't really hear that much about it. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely like a kind of swept under the rug thing. Do you think that the producers purposely left that in to embarrass her or to have a conversation like this? Or do you think that they were just also unaware of the harmful stereotypes that it's perpetuating? Um, I think they just thought it was something funny and cute and like harmless. I don't think they really thought about the impact that it made or could make on how people portray Black women. Like, so I don't think they left it in there to embarrass her. I think they didn't realize. They weren't conscious of how problematic it could be. And I think because most of the audience didn't see how it was problematic, they knew they could get away with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting about The Bachelor having these like microaggressions or these incidents of harmful behavior with no kind of like, I don't know what what the word I'm looking for is, but this like conversation afterwards like just putting it out there because I feel like most of the audience isn't having such a nuanced perspective to pick these things up Mm -hmm. is there anything that you would suggest for bachelor bachelor viewers if you're like that didn't sit right with me like where do I go to have these conversations well I know that there are a lot of Instagram pages and podcasts that I follow that I have these conversations like the Black Tourette's unpaid emotional labor. I've been on her podcast a few times. Sophie's really great at explaining and definitely not like she explains in a way that she's 
going to hold you to account, but it's something that, you know, anyone could understand and comprehend. So I like those two pages. I think my page. Yes, of course. Not to plug, but there are plenty of um, people who are having these conversations. And like I said, the Love to See It podcast, they do a really good feminist take on a lot of things. And I do believe that their conversations are intersectional in that way. Um, But I think for the casual viewer, if you're looking at a situation, like always pay attention to the racial dynamics of the conversation. Like, is it a woman of color who's talking to a person who is not And like, what are the dynamics of that? And a lot of the times, especially on The Bachelor, the conflict between women, it'll often be a woman of color's word against a white woman. And and usually the white woman is believed either by The Bachelor or when you look at the commentary that we, with the viewers, people tend to side with the white woman. And there was one article I did a few weeks ago where I was looking at some of the old clips from Matt season and just the dynamics and how like Katie was speaking with Serena versus how she was when she was speaking with Victoria. And um, that's the one I can remember particularly, but the way that they interact, the conflict between women when there's a racial element, I don't think a lot of viewers really consider how those dynamics are at play unless you are a woman of color who's been in a situation at work or another environment where you've had similar conflicts play out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I feel like sometimes when you're consuming all of this content, you're right. Like if you haven't been in that situation before, it can just go over your head. So having, I don't know, engaging in the conversation and joining the conversation online, I just feel like is super helpful to kind of learn more about, I don't know, these interesting and possibly harmful dynamics that are playing out on the show. Right. And it's not just The Bachelor. Like I said, I watch a lot of reality TV and there is a lot of conflict that the shows lean on to be racially motivated and charged like the recent real world reunion show when Tammy was explaining to her castmates like why these things are problematic. And it was just like a big part of reality TV is putting people of color in situations where they have microaggressions and using it for drama. And sometimes like blatantly obvious and sometimes it's not but I do think you know reality tv is fun it's casual I enjoy watching it because I don't have to think about it but when there are moments that you see that could teach you something I think it is important to have that conversation absolutely I'm a bravo watcher not tons but I dabble and I think that network is the worst for putting people of color in situations that are unsafe like just their casts and just the way that they edit the tv show Mm -hmm. I think is like some of the worst yeah but I think Bachelor Nation like kind of we were talking about before has started to have these conversations over the last like handful of years and I think Bravo is actually starting to as well over the last two years so yeah we're in a interesting time for reality TV I agree it's fun like I said I enjoy just watching it especially you know the pandemic I'm leaning even harder on it because (laughs) yeah of the world being crazy like it's a constant the bachelor like you know what's gonna happen but (laughs) at the same time you know there are racial dynamics and like who gets chosen as a lead and who gets featured in storylines and who gets seen on paradise and all these other things like that's all at play and so it's okay to talk about that too yeah absolutely yeah and like you have to watch reality tv with a critical eye yeah you absolutely have to you have to oh my goodness like it is a lot of it yeah like i'm gonna watch too hot to handle like maybe even just after this recording it's so good but like you have to um put it in context like Mm -hmm. (laughs) truly absolutely (laughs) like one of the storylines on too hot to handle like i think i 
was just getting ready. So I was like looking at Netflix and one of the storylines was like one of the men was talking to two black women and he was giving preferential treatment to the lighter skinned black women. And I was just like, literally had just turned on my TV just to like get dressed. And I was like, why am I already like looking at (laughs) somebody and like dealing with colorism and and it was like the preview. So the show was kind of highlighting that. And so I think it was an opportunity to, you know, see that storyline. And when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But then Mm -hmm. unpack like, why do you think he was like favoring one of them over the other? So I think it's always present if you just look a little closer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything that's happening in Bachelor Nation that you want to chat about further? Like outside of the TV show or... The only thing I'm really interested in right now, because honestly, I feel like as soon as we say this, we're going to get off the podcast and then like there's going to be like breaking news. Actually, <laughs> I'll have her baby or something. But um, I'm, the only thing I'm really interested in right now is Tasha because she was hosting clickbait she was hosting bachelor happy hour and now she's not doing either and you know she was co-hosting the bachelorette but toward the end of michelle season she was quarantining and she couldn't go to the mental hall but then like a couple days later she was flying back home and i don't know what the window of her quarantine was but i feel like something's going on i don't know if they're trying to phase her out or if she's trying to you know broaden her horizons and get into a lot more content outside of the bachelor world but i am a little interested in how the post breakup with zach kind of how she's been phased out a little bit from like the official bachelor stuff yeah that has been really interesting to me as well because we just don't know what's going on and i feel like it could be a myriad of reasons like i know obviously bachelor favors people that are like in bachelor relationships because they're the success stories and stuff like that so is tia still with the person she ended up with on bachelor in paradise no tia has a new boyfriend okay so but he's like not bachelor related at all okay because like that's weird because she was on this most recent season yeah okay so yes okay because that was like the reason i was thinking that because she's the replacement Sorry mm-hmm. if I didn't say that, everybody. But she was the replacement for Tayshawn Clickbait. And I was like, oh, maybe it's because she had a really good showing on Bachelor in Paradise. And then she's maybe still with this guy. But yeah. I guess that's not the case. Like, it is really interesting because it's like, I wonder if she wants to expand her horizons because mm-hmm. she totally has the star power to do that at this point. Or she felt unfairly treated or like they did her wrong because that's very possible right or maybe yeah she just is like taking care of herself it's been a you know i'm assuming a tough time after her breakup with zach and maybe she was just like got too much on my plate i just want to kind of like you know maybe stick to co-hosting or whatever like podcasts they're not obviously they've got like producers and editors mm-hmm. so they're not that much work but it's still like a weekly commitment so yeah and you have to be present and I think they do video ones so you have to look Mm -hmm. cute and like all Mm -hmm. of that so I'm like Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it was just too much but yeah I hope she's well and I'm I'm interested to see kind of what comes out of this yeah me too she did also have the kidney infection or something that happened so like she reminded me to drink water because I don't really yeah I know I'm like like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like Tasha just ran a marathon she's way more healthy than me if she's going down let me grab a water bottle right now (laughs) but I think something's there and I do hope that it's like you like you said just Tasha moving on 
to Better Horizons because like the Bachelor podcasts really aren't that great. I yeah. really don't listen to them unless they have a good guest. The last one that I liked was when Taisha was kind of talking about Clay, not Clayton, excuse me. I hate when people do that. I'm like, they don't really mean, but she was talking about Colton. <laughs> yes, I do that all the time. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, are people doing that like interchangeably? But like, no, I didn't mean to. But um, <laughs> she was talking about Colton, how basically he lied about their fantasy yeah. sweet night, how he tried to downplay it. And I really liked, because it was one of the few times where I feel like Taisha was just like upfront speaking and like being very candid. And I don't think she does that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, Taisha. So something's happening. I really like her more than anybody else other than like Michelle and Rachel. I mean, I like other bachelorettes. I'm not going to say I don't, but I really like Taisha and her trajectory. Yeah, I feel like she did a lot for the show because yes. she should have been bachelorette before Claire anyway. Mm-hmm. But she took on that season and saved it. And she had one of the really strong, successful love stories for a very long time. And she also did a good job hosting. So I think she's done a lot for them in the recent years. And so I hope that whatever she does next is beneficial for her and moves her forward. Yeah, me too. And her trajectory is kind of similar to Rachel Lindsay's, where yeah. Rachel was also commentating on The Bachelor on like extra, mm-hmm. etc. And I wonder like if... Maybe this is her time to just kind of like recoup physically, mentally, and then pivot like Rachel has to non-Bachelor content. Like Rachel's hosting a podcast. They touch on The Bachelor, but on the Ringer Network, like I wonder if this is just kind of her time to just kind of... I could. I don't know why she doesn't have a YouTube channel because I she's really good with fashion and makeup and all that stuff. So I hope that she launches that because I know like Hannah B and Hannah yes. G and Kaylin, they all have really successful YouTubes and Lori and Ari. And I watch them sometimes and if, like, if I'm doing something that I don't need to really pay attention to, it's like reality TV and then YouTube. Yes, <laughs> then, yes. Like stuff you know you can watch and don't have to really watch um so but she would really be good in that space so I hope maybe she's doing something like that or continuing hosting um but I would love for her to step out and not be bachelor affiliated I think it'll be a good time because sometimes you get caught up and then you can't leave Nick Bio (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's so true but yeah that's such a good point she could totally pivot to like lifestyle beauty on YouTube and be like super successful with that I remember like sometimes on her like Instagram story she'll do like a cocktail or like a recipe Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. and I'm like you could 100% do this. And she's had like kind of clothes, mm-hmm. like not clothing lines, but like pieces in clothing lines come out and stuff. So I'm like, this is the perfect time for you to pivot to, yeah, like fashion, beauty, lifestyle. Cause I feel like she has the audience. So I do too. Yeah, time so, to pivot. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to talk about her at the end of the year, like see, you know, what, what happens between now and December and where she goes with it. Yeah, me too. Okay, we're going to move on to some royal family updates. I haven't talked about the royal family in such a long time, so I'm really excited. What kind of intrigues you about the royal family? Um, Because you're a royal watcher. I am a royal watcher. <laughs> I think it was something that kind of happened during the pandemic as well. Like, I've, I've always been interested in the royal family. Like, I did have a watch party when Megan and Harry got married (laughs) and you know Megan really was an entry point for me to like really get invested and then I did go back and like start reading and watching royal documentaries 
because they're everywhere. Amazon Prime has a ton. Oh, good to know. Like they're like old stuff like PBS from like 1999. <laughs> so sometimes they mention stuff and like people haven't like, I think I watched one from like 1995 one time and like Diana hadn't passed yet. So it was kind of interesting to see like it was, it's just interesting. And then watching The Crown, I feel like I started doing that and then like opening a new tab and being like, did this really happen? Did that really happen? Yes, yes. Yeah. But so that's really kind of how I got into it. It's just like another community. There's a royally obsessed podcast that I like. I started listening to that and um, following a lot of royal reporters on Twitter and just getting content that way. I also like the royals for the entertainment, not obviously their like function or anything. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, I think for me mostly it's like the clothes. One of my friends texted me this week and was just like, how do I get that like – I, I don't know if it was about Kate or Megan or another royal, but she was like, the way that their, like, coats are tailored and just, like, the expensive fabrics, she was just like, how do I look like that? And I was like, right. I know, like, infinite money, but, like, <laughs> but I'm like, everything just, like, is, like, tailored to perfection. Their hair is always so perfect and their makeup and stuff like that. So yes. that's just what I'm enjoying of the royals nowadays. But mm-hmm. Kate turns 40 or did turn 40, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But she did. <laughs> she did. And the royal yes. family released new portrait pictures of her. They did. And they're beautiful pictures. They are. And I've been looking at TikToks about like the hidden meaning of like the photos. Is that something that you like look into? Um, I'm not a big TikTok person. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm usually on Instagram or Twitter. And then if I'm really bored, I get on TikTok. And it's just because I want to do more of TikTok. I just feel like I haven't done enough. So my algorithm doesn't know me. But I'm waiting. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm waiting yes. to. That's a good thing, honestly. So hope- don't don't go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so I do. I think a lot of I try not to pay attention to a lot of the like catty way people cover Megan versus Katie. Not Katie. Oh my god, Megan versus Kate. Sorry, yes. I was bachelor in my head. So <laughs> I don't know what the hidden meaning is supposed to be. Can you tell me more about what people are? People are just, I guess. Looking, so there was one portrait where it was like kind of, I don't want to say fuzzy, but like, um, light the lighting was like soft focused, and people were saying it was very like 80s Diana, mm-hmm. where there's like photos of her that, yeah, that kind of like soft focus, which mm-hmm. isn't super used nowadays. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of hearkening back to like that this might be like emblematic of princess die and then there's the one where she's like looking to maybe like the future or the past sorry the what the one that's black and white okay. and she's like looking um to the left and then there's the one in color mm-hmm. where she's looking to the right so then people are like she's looking to the future so the past and the future and all of that i think that the other piece that people are really just talking about is how these pictures and some of the other press i guess that they're doing is just like really positioning mm-hmm. them as maybe it's because they turned 40 and mm-hmm. i don't know maybe they're at the age mm-hmm. that people are taking them more seriously yeah. as like the next monarchs but i think people are really like talking about how all of their kind of press moves are yeah positioning them to be respected and liked as the next monarchs 
I can see that to be true. Like I follow Elizabeth Holmes and she does a lot of like, she'll take a picture and deconstruct it and tell you where this jacket was first seen or this blue yeah. or this blue is like representative of, you know, like Diana wore a similar blue. She has a really good book that I read called um, so many thoughts where she goes through each of the women in the Royal family, like Diana, Megan, um, Kate, and then Queen Elizabeth and kind of talks about their fashion throughout the century and like what it represents. So everything means something. So I do think that the people on TikTok are spot on with that. Nobody really likes Charles or Camilla. And so even though like, you know, the Queen's Jubilee is coming up, so she'll be on the throne for 70 years. I'm actually going to London for the first time, but I'll be like doing a school trip. So I don't know if I'll get to do. Oh my God. I'm going with the theater the theater teacher and the theater students so I get to go for free but we do have to do like theater stuff which is still really cool um yeah I'll get to go to the globe and stuff but I don't think- I was just gonna say will you be at the globe yeah <laughs> but I don't think we're gonna be there at the time of the jubilee even though I would love to even I don't, not obviously not British at all but um I would really love to be there but I think you know the queen is 95 prince philip recently died like Everybody still wants to love and respect the queen, but we are starting to look and see, you know, like who in the royal family is going to be a constant when she's no longer with us. So I think people don't really care about Charles and Camilla. So Will and Kate kind of have to be like the stand in and and the modern version of like what the royal family will be. And I do think her turning 40 and then being at that age kind of gives them a little more credibility while still being young enough to like appeal to different um age groups but I mean I like Will and Kate they're fine I still don't really know who is responsible or who said what with Megan and Harry so I don't really know if I trust that Will and Kate are who they I don't know if I trust what all went down with Megan and Harry and um the whole thing that Megan revealed on the Oprah interview about like Kate was actually the one who made her cry and like mm-hmm. just all of those things. So I don't know. I'm interested in Will and Kate. Sure. But I care more about um, Megan and Harry, but I do think they have a critical role, especially with um, Megan and Harry being in the United States and not being working Royals. Um, and the queen is probably looking to them to step up their duties and stuff yeah I agree with that I I think Will is evil (laughs) like I I think I really think it was Will and Charles that were super awful to Megan and Harry so I I've really soured on Will and Kate I don't know I I feel like that's common so again maybe they're trying extra hard to position themselves yeah the Kate stuff is interesting I think like just the more I've read not to put her mother's issues on her but like the more I've read about um her mom and just I don't know maybe maybe I'm reading into it too much but like it just I think that she's comes off as not calculating but I think she's way more calculating that we like think and yeah, I've really soured on on those two, but like their pictures and stuff are still like fun to look at. Yeah, I do like that Kate <laughs> is a brilliant photographer. Like she does take yes. stunning pictures of her family and um they are she gets intimate shots that you know another photographer just would not be able to. So, but I agree with you. I don't like them as much as I like Megan and Harry. I 
think that there's more at play with the dynamic between the two couples. And they were, I believe Megan and Harry were kind of upstaging Will and Kate yes. unintentionally. But I mean, yes, the comparison, there's none. So I think, you know, that could have also played into some of the reasoning and the tension between the two families. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Meghan and Harry, they are trying to go back to the UK, probably I'm assuming for the Jubilee Jubilee Mm -hmm. celebration. And they have been denied security detail um, even after Harry offered to pay for it. What do you think about that, them denying access to security well i think it's very disappointing because harry does want to share his heritage it's a really important part of who he is that he is a prince because he still is so i think you know he wants his children to have the same traditions and understand their legacy and where they come from and so it's disheartening to me that once again i feel like they're being unintentionally harmed when you consider you know what happened with diana Part of the reason why she was in a tragic accident, I think, was because the paparazzi was following her and she didn't have the security that she was normally promised. And I think that's a big reason why she ultimately passed away. And so I think Harry also has all of that in his mind going on as well. And he just absolutely will do anything for his family's safety. You can tell in any interview that you've seen him in, that's really important to him as it should be. And so like, He literally moved mountains to make sure his family has the safe life that he wanted for them. And so I think that it's a shame that he can't go back and have that protection for his family when really a lot of the the trauma and negative things that have happened have been because of being in the UK and the tabloids and not having the support of the firm and not the family itself. So I hope that they straighten it out and get and that they're able to go. But um, I really it has to be disheartening for Harry and Meghan to constantly have lawsuits and all these other things just to get fair treatment. And even though they're living, it seems like a happy adjusted life here. I think Harry still, you know, wants to be able to share his, his heritage with his children. Yeah. That's such a good point that I didn't even think about. Um, Especially now that, Oh my God, my mind's going blank about their child's name. Lilibet or Archie. Lilibet and Archie. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Now that Archie is like of an age where he can probably like understand and remember stuff, it's probably even more important for Harry and Meghan to take them to the UK. So yeah, that's a really good point of like he obviously would want to share, yeah, like his childhood memories and home and family and stuff with his children and that sucks that that there's been like kind of a hiccup I'm hoping it gets sorted out obviously um between that I when you were talking I was just thinking about when they moved to like out of the UK and they actually landed in Victoria where I live oh wow BC and they were living like 30 minutes away from where I lived and like trust me my family there was like pictures of them on a hike in this park like and my family definitely went there to like just to like a walk around but like I was just thinking that was the highlight of my life (laughs) I was like that was I was like that was so fun like just knowing that they were like um here was um especially after like such a big um, change in their life right. um that was just like really cool i was just thinking about that that's so awesome 
I I would love. My cousin um, lives in New York City, and she was doing some work with a nonprofit organization. And she um, was at one of their things, and they were in New York. And she was like, "Oh my god, I saw Megan and Harry!" And I was like, "Ah!" Like, I was was that when they were like doing the when they were speaking mm-hmm. for? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so. And cool. it's so cool. She's like, "You're the only person I know who talks about this obsessively, <laughs> so you would understand how excited I am, but no one else would." I would love That's to see so them, cool. but I would leave them alone. I would absolutely not bother them. I probably yes, just cry. Yeah. Be like, yes, yeah. I would have. I don't know what I would have done if I actually saw them like hiking or whatever. I would have tried to leave them alone. I think, but I would just be like, "Oh my god!" And just like, be crying. What's wrong? Yes. Yeah, Does this woman need medical attention? Wait, no, she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like it's. I'm just dying. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, the last royal family story that I wanted to talk about, and like I don't really want to get into the whole Prince Andrew of it all Ugh, because, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, leave that to the professionals. Yes. But I just I saw this video of Prince William getting asked a question about Prince Andrew, which I think is like pretty not ballsy because it's like you should hold people accountable, and like that's the point of like I guess press tours or whatever. But like, I don't know, it was just, it just seemed in the video that the question came out of nowhere. But anyways, Prince William like takes the oldest play out of the book and just like <laughs> pretends not to hear the reporter. <laughs> and I just think it's like, I don't know, it's good to give him a little bit of heat. But it's just, I just thought it was funny of like, I guess the people even with the most press training probably in the world right. still are just like using the good old like, Sorry, can you repeat that? I can't hear you. <laughs> As you know, like from the crown, you know that they can't really take a side or a stance on anything in publicly. So I think he was probably just trying not to take a stance publicly. But when you have the allegations against Prince Andrew being what they are, and the fact that it just took until recently, I believe that he was stripped of some of his patronages and things. When you compare it to how Harry and Megan have been treated is just really abysmal that it took this long for them to actually do something. And he still has private security and details and all the things that they're denying um, Harry and Megan, even though I believe he's no longer a senior working Royal. And I hope, I just hope he gets brought to justice. There are a lot of troubling sexual assault things going on. And I think, you know, it's interesting to see how power and privilege can sometimes insulate people but I do think that that is now up for Prince Andrew and I hope that they continue to pursue the case against him because he needs to be held accountable along with the other people who already have been it is interesting to watch like the Ghislaine Maxwell trials and just Prince Andrew's request to like stop the investigation or whatever um into what had happened with Jeffrey Epstein, et cetera, and that be denied. So yeah, I totally hope that, yeah, that the victims get justice and the healing that they need and that he is held accountable finally for his behavior. I agree completely. Okay, quick pivot. <laughs> Abrupt. Yeah, there's no way to pivot from, no. like, from child pedophilia to anything else. So we're just going to do it. Um, Kim and Kanye, I think that 
their news stories in the last like two months or whatever have been some of the juiciest stories that we've seen. Like I really think when I look at like if people were like, what are the like, you know, top 10 pop culture moments of your lifetime? Like I honestly think I would include a lot of this because they've just been going back and forth in the press with just such interesting they're just both striving I feel like for the upper hand right and it's fascinating yeah so Kanye released a song with lyrics about Pete Davidson and criticizing Kim's parenting which is like cringe so like obviously he's like affected by the Kim and Pete of it all what did you think about him you know, releasing a song that is so clearly is about like it's he's named in it. There's no nuance or like hidden meaning. Um, I have not listened to this song, so I don't neither. <laughs> I can't speak to what it is about. I first want to say that, you know, I Kanye West is one of the few artists. I'm 34. So Kanye West is one of the few artists that I've like watched have their trajectory from absolute like just being a producer no one really knowing who he was to being the best rapper alive to being the most one of the most famous people in the world to what he is today um so like I clearly remember the first like the first the through the wire video when Jay-Z puts the chain on him like it's one of the most special things I've ever seen so for him to be the Kanye that he is today it's just like I don't know how many, I don't know of an artist who's had that many changes in the public eye. And I do look at Kanye with nuance because, you know, his mother passed and all of the things like he's been through a lot of trauma and he definitely, we know, has mental health issues that he sometimes takes care of and he doesn't sometimes. And the whole Trump of it all almost made me walk away from Kanye, um, but I don't know how I feel about whether I would still call myself a Kanye fan. So I just want to say that. And then <laughs> fair. Um, and I did like keep up with the Kardashians since it was, you know, it was one of my comfort shows. They're so ludicrous. Like it's, uh, you can just watch it. So I never imagined that they would be where they are now. And I don't really take Kim and Pete's relationship seriously, but it is an interesting dynamic when you think about Kim and Pete and then Courtney and um, Travis and then Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Somebody on Twitter was like, this is just the same couple. <laughs> Times three. And I was like, oh my God. Really Copy is. paste. Um, but I do think Kanye, it's not unlike Kanye. He's made comments about like Wiz Khalifa before and like he's done this. It's not the first time he's publicly called out um, someone who was involved with this, with someone he also was involved with, I think, you know, when it's the mother of your child, that's when it becomes like questionable. Like, why are you doing this? But both of them have done things that I've been like, why, like, what is the point? Why are you involving us? So I'm disappointed kind of that, I guess I'm disappointed that they're at this point, I wish that it could be amicable. A lot of the um, Kardashian breakups, I feel like the men and I just, it always gets to this point with most of their breakups. And I just, I don't know how I feel about Kanye. Just, I mean, Kanye's going to be Kanye. And I'm sure Kim dealt with like some 
really difficult times I could not have married Kanye West or had children <laughs> with him so I, I you know I can't speak to how involved of a parent or whatever he is but I don't think you know her parenting and things should not be put into question and publicly on record like that I don't know yeah yeah I it was kind of like a I think maybe like a little bit of a cheap shot but I don't know it's still fascinating and yeah like even you're right thinking about Kanye West's career as a whole like I think the lyrics were something about like I survived this crash to beat Pete Davidson's ass or something like that <laughs> I like literally can't believe I said that out loud but like then I was thinking the crash is like the one where he got his like jaw mm-hmm, wired mm-hmm, shut right mm-hmm. like that like just thinking about yeah you're right like the trajectory or just like everything that has happened prior to this is just is fascinating he was also like uninvited or not invited i don't know if it was like yeah. you were invited and then uninvited or you were just never invited to chicago and stormy's joint birthday party and kim or like sources say that kim um, thought that he was doing his own thing with for Chicago, so um, they didn't involve him. And then he like went on like Instagram Live or something like that, and he was like, "I like I'm trying to get to this birthday party." Right. <laughs> and then apparently he texted Travis Scott, who told him all the details, and then he attended. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. My cousin and I send each other memes and TikToks and stuff all day. So that's how I do get the little TikTok comment that I have. But she sent me the video of Kanye um, talking about how he wasn't invited. Couldn't get the details. It just made me sad um, more than anything. Because I don't know, like, obviously, I don't know their parenting, um, custody, who has what and who does what. I don't know if it was his weekend. I don't know. But I don't think to, for him to get on Instagram like that just kind of made me sad um, that they're at that point where he couldn't come to the party. And if I don't know if if he had something else planned, if he isn't giving us the whole story, you know, if him and Kim had a prior arrangement or whatever. But it just made me sad for Chicago. It made me sad for Kanye. Um, he doesn't really have a lot of family or people around him. You know, I'm just, I just worry about, you know, how things have happened with previous people who've been involved with the Kardashians. And so it just made me sad in general. And I'm glad that Travis Scott told him the details and he was able to go and be there for his daughter. But, you know, his kids, you know, North can understand at least. I don't know if Chicago, she's four and the other two kids are staying in Psalm, I don't. Psalm, yeah. I don't know how old they obviously are. Obviously, too young, right? Yeah. But yeah. I think you know Chicago's four, so she like I think you have your you you have your earliest memories around that age, so like she definitely would have remembered if Kanye would have been there or not. So again, I just hate they're both so public with things that happen up and down in their lives, and part of who they are is being in the public eye. But I hate that it that I saw <laughs> that I'm a random person. Like, I shouldn't be seeing that you're not invited to your daughter's party. Um, He shouldn't have had to take it to the public for him to get invited. I think it should have been resolved without us knowing about it. And that just makes me sad because they're obviously not a good place. Yeah. There is a tinge of sadness to all of this, these stories, for sure. I was thinking also just like about 
and not to compare relationships because this is a different couple, but like Scott and Courtney and like how awful Scott's been to Courtney and the family. And then like he's still invited to all of the functions and stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting for sure. But you're, you're right. There is like a tinge like there's a tinge of sadness but then there's it's it is like a car crash where it's like i i literally can't look away right they're involving me in it i'm going to watch it because they put it on instagram but like yeah even with scott like that's a good point you brought it up and i think he really doesn't have anybody else um because yeah his parents passed but even like with courtney getting engaged i was just like oh my god like because if you watch the show for so long you know how against the marriage she was and how she just wasn't going to do it and wasn't in the position like you I've never heard anybody more clearly when they said they didn't want to get married so for her to get engaged I was like whoa this is really 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 serious I did feel bad for Scott but also he was a complete asshole he was not present and I I wouldn't have married him either so there's like both of those things that you kind of have to hold but um yeah it's just it's interesting for sure and and then like when i so i'm like okay the party like kim's not involving kanye all of this then she posts a picture of herself on a plane wearing yeezys two days ago so this is like a week after all of this drama happened so i'm like are they on good terms or not like it's just so interesting or are they just like involving us like she knows if she posts the yeezys that we're gonna get back into it and then you know, when there's like real controversy going on in their family, they will have these little stories to kind of deflect from what's going on. So I think maybe it's just like a let's make this light. Let's turn this back around into something like that people are talking about casually and not like the actual family dynamics. You're totally right. And it's like they got me again because it's like this is like the Photoshop incident. Yes. 2.0 it's just like i was fascinated just, by that though i was like why does she do same. why that but it's really for us me. to talk about it yeah. yeah yeah like you're you're totally like i don't think that there's another option because it's like what would that be i think it's just for us to talk about something else and like look at me hook line and sinker even though i know all of these things about them on and like all of the strategy that they use to like deflect and distract and like all of that and here I am again being like what does it mean that she's wearing the Yeezys <laughs> like oh my god this is why they're they're the best this is why they're the that they've been at the pinnacle of celebrity for 10 plus years is because they do this yeah they just they have it down every time I think that that this is the end for them they just look at like I was like oh this is I say this, I feel like once a week, I'm like, this is it. This is the incident that brings them down. And then two months later, I've covered them literally every single episode mm-hmm. of RTPP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they have such a, like, there's going to be something going on with Chloe or, or Courtney or, or Kim, like, or Kylie. I feel like if stuff goes on with Kendall, I don't care. So maybe she <laughs> has Kendall yeah. the least interesting. Yeah. Not not Courtney. Kim got that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's always something going on with some of them. And I think like the Photoshop thing was like to distract us from Tristan. And I think 
one thing I'm interested about, they get away with some stuff too, because if you go back and look at everything that happened with Jordan, I think that they owe some apologies there. Like the way they really tried to ruin this girl's life um, off of like Tristan, from what I understand, was the one who in, who initiated everything and how like he was forgiven, but Jordan was not. And she's literally living her best life right now and could not be happier so I'm glad that all's well that ends well and that she is separated separated from that family because she kind of didn't need to grow out and stand her own. But if you go back and look at the way that they were talking about Jordan, I just, it's not, it's not good. No, you're totally right. Like if they have an enemy, they will literally try to destroy them like at all costs, which is so sad because her and Kylie were like really like bff like godmother of stormy like everything just so yeah but they will like i'm just thinking of like the taylor swift of it all like they will try to like end your career so it's nice to see when um when people are wronged that yeah that they're they're still like super successful and and doing well luckily she had will and jada because if she didn't i don't think she i think her story would have been she had that avenue to talk because if not, I think it would have been different. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was a, that was a moment, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Like, I just like, <laughs> that was like, uh, so I feel like that was like pre-pandemic and yeah. that was just the height of, of everything. Oh. I remember she said, I don't want your situation. And I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> said, I don't want your situation. So I'm not going to be a part of this and exclude me from this narrative or things. That are regularly in my vernacular now. I love that. I love, love, love that. Last kind of Kim and Kanye adjacent story. Julia Fox, who is Kanye's like, I don't know, girlfriend, paramour, (laughs) I don't know, friends with benefits, (laughs) who knows. Yeah, Muse is actually like probably the most accurate, so... (laughs) Thanks for that. But she, I don't know, it's also so fascinating. She came out, she was talking about how she could could care less about all the attention that she's dated billionaires before and um, that she doesn't kind of need all of this hype surrounding their relationship, whatever it is. Yet she's like, I want to do a weekly press like news report in page six. Right. It could be called Fox News, like just <laughs> all of this stuff like that she's talking about. What do you what do you make of that? Is that a good look? Because I think it's because people are calling her like money hungry mm-hmm. and fame obsessed and stuff. So like I don't know. Do you let those rumors die or just like you know, don't address them? Or do you come out with a statement saying that you could care less? Um, I was not really taking Julia Fox and Kanye seriously for a <laughs> long time. So I didn't like, I didn't know who she was. I didn't know that she was an actress at all. I just thought he was dating someone. So I think, I think when you put the outline, I was like, let me go look up. So I looked and read the letter I read the letter and I was like, she wrote a essay like about their second date. Like, so it's like, you don't want attention, but I'm going to pen an essay. So I think, you know, leave it to Kanye to find someone who is more attention seeking and in the spotlight than Kim. Like only Kanye could find someone like that. But I think for her, she really doesn't have anything to lose 
by being posted and pictured with Kanye and you know Kim and Kanye are like a list height of the height of the most interesting people to talk about in celebrity so I think she is gonna say one thing I don't really care but then her actions and stuff it's gonna who wouldn't want to build their platform and increase their position in notoriety now she's like a, a household name before she was obscure so she can say that she doesn't care about the attention I think that's just something you say but you don't get involved with Kanye West <laughs> if you don't want attention yeah. like Absolutely. he's the last person you would date if you wanted to be anonymous right the very last person yeah especially when their second date was like a photo shoot at like a very public um I was gonna say public restaurant no like in a public place <laughs> right of course it's a public restaurant <laughs> um and like one of the most paparazzi mm-hmm. places in New York they both wanted to be I- seen absolutely I just think because she seems like the cool girl like you know like the trope of the cool girl I think the cool girl move is to just not address the like claims that she's like money hungry like I was surprised that she said something because I feel like the cool girl is like that doesn't bother me that people are saying that like I'm not gonna say anything right which probably means that she's more bothered than she's trying to put off exactly uh well let's see what they do next i'm i'm glued we'll see Um, it (laughs) yeah yeah oh absolutely and i i think this every single time i hear a kardashian story like i wonder when people will get sick of this and then here i am could talk about it for like six more hours (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it'll be a long time before they're not talked about yeah absolutely they just have like bachelor nation like they just have their claws sunk into us i i love it and hate it at the same time right yeah and i think people really have strong opinions like either you care about what's happening or you don't but i think a lot of people like to complain about the kardashians being everywhere but then you are contributing to the conversation so absolutely 100 percent Okay, we're going to wrap up with a This Week in Petty story. Ashley, what are you petty about this week? Um, I like to go to bed early because I'm a teacher. <laughs> and right now I'm in a group text that I don't want to be in. And I don't know how to get out of it. <laughs> to give you context, I have an iPhone. So, you know, if you have four people, you can click on leave this conversation. But unfortunately, there are only three of us. Um, oh, no. so you can't leave it I have like not responded to things um, <laughs> which people have then brought up to in person like did you get my text message like yes I did no no not the in person did you get this text message I've even been like did you mean to send this to me like cause, <laughs> and there was oh yeah this was funny and I was like but it's not because you know like sending people Sending people memes and TikToks is actually like really personal. Like, because mm-hmm. like you have to know that person to really get their sense of humor. And so like the first time I was like, oh, okay, this isn't funny. But then like the third TikTok, I'm like, this does not, this is not me. I don't know how to, I don't know how to get out of it. Um, what should I do? I know what, what is the play here? Like, because you hope that they read the room when you're not responding or when it's like 
everyone else is having the conversation or like liking the posts or whatever and you're not I'm like what would I do because like okay my anxiety is so bad that I would I probably wouldn't open it up but I would definitely be like ha 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 or like, <laughs> I do. Or like I would like heart it or something I like that I could like when I shouldn't that's part of the problem <laughs> yes. I haven't been like please stop texting me get me out of here <laughs> But I would never do that right. either. Like, I think, like, honestly, I'm, like, talk a big game ready to be petty. I'm, like, I honestly think I would literally do nothing. I would just suffer in silence. That's what <laughs> like, I've been doing. So thank you for your help. <laughs> but that's what I've been doing. It's just I don't know how to – I don't know if somebody wasn't responding to multiple messages. I would just go to a different thread and be like, oh, I guess she's not really, she's busy right now or she's not, well, I would have taken the hint by now if I was talking to somebody in a group. Totally. They never said anything or they just click like, that's still not even really a response. That doesn't count. No, no, that's not. But I often do it when it's like, oh, I don't know anything else to say. (laughs) Like, Literally. But I feel like it dies out at a certain point not this well it will like it'll be a couple weeks and then it'll be like an onslaught of messages back and forth between the two people and i'm just like why am i here oh take it to a private chat please i beg of you that's so awful okay the thing that i know about tiktoks too is that you can see if people viewed it so like when you get sent a tiktok if you open it and then the person goes back to the TikTok. I think you can see, like, if they viewed it. So oh, it's like, no. <laughs> you're like, oh, no. They're going to be like, she didn't but, open any of these. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's like, read the room. Like, yeah. it, get the hint. Like, just yeah. pick up on something that is, yeah. like, so painful to me. Would you do the, like, if it would happen to be four people, would you do the, like, I have before. Leave the conversation. I have But before. do you do the message? Like, do you do, like, the explanation before and then leave? Or do you just ghost? I think I said one time I've left the conversation. I was like, hey, I'm not really in a place right now to talk about this. So I'm going to leave. But hope you guys enjoy or keep going. And that was, like, during the pandemic when, like, all of us really didn't know what was going on with, like, work. And so, like, it was... First of all, no group message should have more than four people. But I was in like (laughs) a 16 person one. And I was just like, this is literally making my anxiety like to the point that I need to like turn my phone off. Like you want your alerts to be on to hear from people you want to hear from. But like a 16 group text message is just like, why am I here? So I did leave that conversation. That's good. I'm also just like not a text to text person, like a you know, what do you have to take person? Like, I really use text to, like, make plans, sh- yeah, share news or, like, whatever. So, yeah, I I get that. And you're right. At the peak of the pandemic, that really was the worst. Like, I feel like I was in a thousand group chats. Now it's narrowed down to just, you know, the ones I care about. Right. But absolutely painful and it's like if you i think i get why people make group texts like oh you we all do this one thing or all from the same place or so but if you want to check on me individually just like send me a message like if something reminds me of a tiktok you want to send me send it to me by myself like i don't want to be in a group message all the time 
I have like three that I care about, like you said. But other than that, please, I will not reply. So, Same. but I'll like it. Do you? <laughs> yes, yes. But I'll put like, ha, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> with not have opened anything. Like one time, it's gonna be very clear. It's gonna be like something sad, and I'm like, wow, lol. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest fear <laughs> mine is like putting the wrong reaction button on facebook and like oh my god this is not something i should have put laugh and then like have yes. to do but i'm pretty good yes oh my god okay because you're a teacher i'm hoping you get this reference but no pressure if you don't but do you know those like posters that hung usually in like elementary school classrooms but it's like before you say it think uh-huh. like is it true is it helpful <laughs> important yes <laughs> necessary yes. and kind <laughs> yes so it's like everybody listening before you start a group <laughs> before you start a group text think. chain before you send a fucking tiktok think <laughs> is it is it helpful? Is it important? <laughs> is, it is it true? Is it kind? Yes. <laughs> is it necessary? Is the main one for me before you text me. Is it necessary? Literally. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. But listeners, if you have a solution for Ashley and I, what's the protocol? Do you ghost? Do you send the message? Is that are people going to take that? Like, I'm just scared that people are going to take that not for what it is right. like take it really to heart yeah so i want to know what people think about what's the protocol what's the what's the way of getting out of group text messages because i need that help too <laughs> okay thank you so much for coming on today's episode it was really it was really fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. Where can the listeners find you and plug anything that you want to plug? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Ash Talks Batch, and I do have a Substack that you can find at the link in my bio. It's AshTalksBatch.substack.com. Right now, when I'm not talking about The Bachelor, I'm sharing my Wordle. I don't know if I'll be doing that very long, but I got it in two the other day, nice. so that's like the best I've ever done. So if I get it in one, I'm going to (laughs) retire. Yeah, you're like, this is the peak. I'm going to retire after that. Obsessed. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Ashley, for joining me on today's episode. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can send it to a friend who you think might also like it or share it on your socials and tag me at RTBP podcast and I'll share it for everyone to see. Thank you to Nate for editing this episode. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.